What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We're going to break down UFC Vegas 78, a.k.a. Fight Night, Luke versus Dos Anjos. And it was a banger with a hell of a lot of finishes. So as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Comment your thoughts on the card, your favorite fight, your favorite KO, who you thought should have did what. Let us know. And as always, these are your hosts. I'm Paul Pickle Winham Concha. I got a little drink because I wasn't winning this weekend. And as always, who's with me? Yeah, I know it's your boy. Tell me how you really feel. Tell me how you really feel. Your boy kept water boy Savoy, a.k.a. the Dom P.Y.E., a.k.a. the realest mother trucker on your screen. You feel me? And we got to talk this shit, Pebble, because low-key, this shit was lit. But before I get into anything, we got to introduce a special guest for the show today. What's cracking, my, my dog? It's your boy, Southpaws Run Boxing from the Boxing Podcast. We here to break down some UFC, man. Yeah, we got a little, we got a trifecta with us today, boys. And I mean, honestly, I didn't have high hopes for this card. It was a filler in between pay-per-views. But I, shit, one thing about fight nights is there will always be a lot of finishes. And that's exactly what this fight night brought, I felt like. There was a, I mean, outside of the, the co-main and main event. But other than that, I feel like almost everything went to, didn't need the judges. Nah, bro, that shit was real. I told you, I was like, I did, I, we, I said in the recap, and the um, preview, I was like, yo, I think that if they're in a the little cage, there's going to be some knockouts this motherfucking show. And there was – the record for most knockouts in a card is seven. There were six at the end of the freelance. Like, then, that shit was insane. And then to start off the episode real quick, I forgot to do this on our last recap, but I'm, I'm bringing it back. We got to put the egg on our head for this one thing we said. All the thing was Vince Luque had no shot. And we kept hammering that home and home, like brain hemorrhage. He's coming back too early. He didn't look good. RDA is still old, but he's been active. He's been looking good in his fights. So we were talking all that shit on Luke. I don't even think we talked too much on Luke. We were just hyping up RDA. So we, me and Kev ended up with the eggs on our head when it came to RDA, our, one of our favorite picks on the night. But I think we kind of bounced back, Kev, because the, the, you called that shit part of this segment was I said Khalil Roundtree money line was my favorite pick of the card, my favorite bet of the card, minus 170. It's almost a pick em. And Khalil Roundtree is going to beat the shit out of Dawkins. And it wasn't just because I hate the Dawkins brothers and I don't think they should be in the UFC. But it's just Chris Dawkins is not a good striker, and he went in there. He's like three fights in a row going in there with somebody who boxes with him, and he doesn't get absolutely dog walked and it's like brutal fashion and that's exactly what happened so like we did bad with rda but we look great with clear roundtree but that doctor shit is crazy i'm gonna get to it more when we come over that fight but but the, the schedule and the the fucking matchmaking that they gave the doctors brothers especially the big one is fucking insane what about you gator what uh on this card <laughs> stand out for you did you watch the card fully? Were you are you immersed in the? I know we were watching boxing as well. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was able to catch the card, but I did a catch catch a fight in the highlights. And the first and the first thing was was coming was coming with Luke's last two performances. It like you know it has some two rough last two losses with the with the injury going into this fight, especially going against RDA, who's not some like pushover. It was kind of like it was kind of like it felt like they were kind of giving him someone too tough too early. Yeah, we, we can start. We can start from. Not, the, we can start it from the top. Then, what's up? So I think 
So I think it's crazy, right? So if you didn't know, because you'd be living under a rock, me and Paul was at the was at the Jerry Will 24's birthday comedy bash this weekend on Saturday. So I missed a lot of the card. When I double backed, everybody was saying the prelims was better than the main card. Like the prelims was lit. And I was like, no way. So I've only seen the prelims so far because the prelims were jumping. I mean, every fight on the prelims was a banger. And I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, honestly, the first seven fights, all seven finishes. Yeah, like mm. electric. Just I wish I could have been in the room for that. Like me, I'm over here going to sleep with the UFC Nashville card last week. This card at the Apex is going crazy, and they nobody got to see it. And I was like, that's insane. And to even make it even more electric, seven finishes and six of them were first round. Yeah. 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 So, like, first, to knock us off first fight, Luna, Luna Santos gets the first round KO over Juliana Miller. And Juliana Miller, ever since the tough, she's been having a tough-ass road. And this was Luana Santos' first UFC. This is her debut. And it was a pick em. And I took I, – there was another bet. I didn't put it out in the pod, but I put the house on Luana. I didn't know who she was. I just knew how bad Miller is. So I just put the house on Santos, and it paid off. That was one of the bets that actually paid off pretty well. But, like, Juliana Miller, I think we're realizing that, like, if you're not coming from the Contender Series, you you might not really be cut out for the UFC because these tough fighters are going out bad. Yeah, yeah, the tough. That's my dog. You feel me? That's my. You know, I, I rock with tough, everybody from Tough Thirty One. You feel me? Or Tough Thirty? Fuck with them boys. But yeah, this shit is looking terrible, Powell. It is fucking insane. Like, and the thing about it is, is like after rewatching that fight, is like Julianne Miller's Miller. She's a brown belt in BJJ, so she has a decent ground game, and that's how she won all the tough fights. There was all all by submission, but her striking is atrocious. White belt then, striking. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna lie. Her striking is bad. And it's not like it's atrocious because I feel like it's enough. Like, if if this was just a different world where BJJ ran supreme, like it would be enough to like get it would be enough to just to get the job done. And everybody every, everybody just loved to go to the ground and nobody ever wanted to just stand up and bang. She would be a great motherfucking person in that world. But because and that because everybody likes to strike, her wrestling isn't all that for real. If if existed so like it just looks bad but she has so much heart because like she was taking hits for a minute and just throwing back like throwing back hood nigga hooks and like it just it just it just it's just the ref the ref was tired of seeing this he's like i'm done i'm done just go ahead and uh go ahead and wait this off yeah you say you you think you think she would be better in like sambo like in like sambo yes like do something else like Y'all are talking about the future PFL champ. Y'all better put some respect on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna lie. They might drop her though, and I'm like, damn, that's tragic. Because like, she's the one that lost the last two. Yeah. Or the or the Eagle FC. Are you gonna take it? Eagle? I Eagle. think Eagle FC is bankrupt. <laughs> and then uh, our next fight, Damon Blackshear gets the twister over Jose Johnson, third twister in history in the UFC. Korean Zombie, Bryce Mitchell. And now Demon Blackshear, the Twister sees no color. It don't matter. That boy Damon Black, and also shout out Damon Blackshear. He fights on this card, and we'll see him next week on the two ninety two card. What back to back? Back to back, back, back on the ass. Oh wow! Back to, 
That's crazy. That's back to back weight cuts too. That's crazy. That's insane. hey, hey, pro- hey props to him getting a bag angle and, and working hard too. Hey, I'm not sure if he got the bonus, but he should have. I mean, third twister in history. I I don't give a fuck about anything else. Like that should be a warrant enough on the bonus. Now nah, the coolest thing, now nah, the coolest thing about that fight was the fucking um the commentators because when they saw that DC saw that twister again set up. They were going insane trying to get saying, that. You know that hurts. <laughs> they can say, you know that hurts right there. I was like, damn. <laughs> and then I'm learning that. At first, I thought the twister was just like a choke, but it's actually like stretching out your back and everything like that. So it just feels like the entire back is breaking on top again. I'm just like, wow, that's uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. And I want to see how, because he's an underdog in his next fight on 292. So I want to see if he follows up. Yeah, I want to see if he follows up. Like, cause he didn't take any damage, so I just want to see how he looks going into two ninety two. I mean, back to back weight cuts hasn't been the best for people, but Ian Gary, uh, not Ian Gary, but uh, JDM Jack Della Mandela, he did it just for, uh, a couple weeks ago. So maybe he he might be changing the ways. Then our next fight was a third round KO. Jacqueline Amarium announcing her entrance into the division. She's already been known. She was a massive favorite, but she just, I mean, absolutely dogged what. Uh, Conhelo Ruiz, and it could have been ended in the first round. It could have been ended in the second round, and thank God the ref stopped it in the third round. Yeah, I was about to say, I was watching this fight, and I was getting toasted, you feel me? So I'm looking up every two seconds. I'm like, damn, this girl's just beating her ass. She built her ass. I'm like, damn, she, she might have 10 8 her. Like, it was 10 both rounds, they say. They, uh, the card oh, both, rounds. both rounds were 10 eights according to the judges. Not to judges, but to the commentary. Commentary was like, I'm pretty sure that's as as good as a 10-8 round I've ever seen. Yeah, that shit was bad, man. But JP, man, did you watch the prelims at all? I I, mean, I, I missed the prelims. You got it. See, like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I wasn't a big prelim guy not too long ago. Even though we talked the fights, it's tough for me to sit down and watch all the fights because, like, we be toasted. You feel me? When you get toasted, you get sleepy. When you get sleepy, you doze off. When you doze off, you missed the main card because he was too busy watching these other motherfuckers fight. But <laughs> I turned into a prelim warrior slightly because I got bullied. But um, I've turned turned to a prelim warrior, and the prelims be where the low key fights be because like even Terrence McKinney was on the prelims this card. Villain. Yeah, I, I was a prelim warrior all last year, like last summer, like during that stretch of like when people were saying like the the UFC the UFC events were bad. It was when the prelims were just on straight fire. Like I don't know, it was like it it went like it. I don't know. It was, it was like on a like a it was like on a three month stretch of every single prelim having majority fights in them finishes. Like, like like there was cards where every single main card, multiple of them went in in the finish last year. You know what I'm saying? And like the main the main card in the main event might might not be the best, but the prelims. But the prelims will always result in a knockout, and it was always the, it was always the most it was always the cards without like you know what I'm saying without the most names you know what I'm saying. So when people show up, the, the most people win. Oh yeah, hell yeah. But we were went to um, USC Miami. That's what put me on prelims too, because like we walked in that bitch to a knockout. I was like, oh shit, what the fuck just happened? Mm. <laughs> And then uh, let's bounce around. We got three more finishes. We got or four straight finishes. We got to follow up on real quick. Marin Boudet, the only heavyweights on the card. Marin Boudet submits Josh Parison in the first round. And I, one thing I love about this one was they both were known for going to the decisions. And many bets, the UFC better, who's honestly not a good better at all, 
but the UFC commentary better, Minty Betts, her pick of the fight was for this fight to go to decision. And then all of a sudden the fight's over in the first round. And I was just like, that's why you don't listen to Minty Betts. Because Minty <laughs> don't know Jack yeah. about this shit going on. <laughs> but yeah, it was yeah, yeah. Marin Boudet was a massive favorite. Oh, I think like minus 250, minus 300. So it, like he did what he was supposed to do. He took care of the garbage. Rush thirteen and one, like he's they expect him to become a hitter though. But the Kamara that he locked up was on on the gate. That should just look so painful. I'm just over here thinking, like me personally, if I'm in a Kamara, if I if I'm putting a Kamara in on the motherfucker, I'm immediately breaking that bitch. Like immediately, not thinking twice. Like not if you don't tap out the second you feel it locked, your shit's getting broken. Like, but like oh, bro, yeah. on the gate, and like when he was moving on the gate, he would have to like level it out. So like bro, would be like laying back. And the next thing you know, once once he got that space, once Booty got that space and cranked that bitch, you could just see the agony in his face. And I was just like, oof. That looks painful. Facts. I feel like heavyweights don't train this like that. Like they 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 hit a bang. Oh like, no. They, oh no. They oh, yeah, they train they train no ground game. And the worst part was that like Boudet, even though he did the Kimura to finish him, he was fucking him up on the feet. Like there, like his shots were landing, and when they landed, you could notice Parison was like backing up, like oh fuck, like so it was like nowhere to run for him. And then the next fight was honestly a little bit. I mean, four minutes forty eight seconds, first round KO. Welcome to the UFC. That boy Isaac, how you say his last name? Dogarian. Dogarian. Like he parts Targaryens. That's how you let motherfuckers know you coming in this bitch with a fucking TKO. Did you see the elbows he gave this motherfucker? Mm, cutting shit. It was, oh, it was like Armin Saryukian style, bro. This fucking dropping the bows on the top. Right, like I, bro. The way the way that elbows in MMA were explained to me is that these are your daggers. Like these, these you use these to use these to use are your melees. But these are your daggers. These shits right here, they cut. And you can just see mm. the blood pouring down on Bruce's face. Because I feel like he only threw elbows mm. on the ground. Like, he didn't throw a single punch, single jab, single strike, single No, elbows. 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 It made you really feel that shit. He got the takedown almost effortlessly. And then just controlled his way, got postured into his spot. And then, this, I mean, in doing damage along with getting to his spot. Like, there's a difference between getting control time and getting control time and mauling the guy. And that's what I like. I like watching him maul the guy mm. and actually do damage from the top. And that's exactly what I saw from Targaryen. And, like, I'm a Game of Thrones fan. So that boy is now Isaac Targaryen to me. Until until, <laughs> I, until I see an L, that boy is Isaac Targaryen. That boy is Targaryen. Oh, the one true ruler. And then back-to-back KOs here, both first round. We saw Terrence McKinney fill in fighter get the finish over Mike Breeden. And I'm happy for T-Rex here because he, he's been fighting really good fighters and some, like, his last mm-hmm. one was winning it. He was winning mm-hmm. up until he got submitted. At least it was a close first round. I still think he won the first round. But then the second round, he got submitted. And then before that, the Drew Dauber fight, he dropped Drew Dauber. Drew Dauber gets uh... back up. Drew Dauber finishes him. Like, he's had a couple of them close ones. So I'm happy to see my boy get the KO. Don't forget about my boy Bonfim now. Don't forget about Bonfim. Oh, and then the Bonfim KO. Yeah, yeah the KO of the year. But, but shout out Terrence McKinney. He got this fucking win in 85 seconds. Like, hey, you came in that bitch. You got to piece him up, piece him up. 
gave him a body shot that bro because I was looking it took I had to keep re-watching this I was like what punch did it because like I feel like Terrence was just throwing these bitches and one of them was just enough like he got he hurt him with the fucking body shot it took and the best the best thing about a body shot is it takes a second for you to realize that bitch hurt you motherfucking gave him some gave him some jabs straight to the face and then immediately you just see bro switch once he realizes like oh I've been motherfucking I've been motherfucking hurt injured and then when Russ started came up, Terrence McKinney turned the pressure up. And I was like, see, this is the T-Rex that I heard about. I never got to see this T-Rex fight yet. But this is the T-Rex I heard about. And he said he's ready to fight soon. He took, Did you hear his interview when he was like, man, I want to fight in Boston? And he was like, oh, that's next week. Oh, let, 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 me, let, let, me, fight, let me fight in Sydney. Give me a month. Give me a month. <laughs> oh, are you Gator? I know you like T-Rex. How do you feel about your guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm a big T T Rex fan. And I was also about to say that about that Drew Dober fight. He took that like last minute. It was like on a like a uh, it was like on a week a week or two weeks notice. It was very last minute when he took that fight, and he and he still went in. And and he and it, it, the thing about Terrence McKinney, he is always active in a gym because in his eyes he wants to take every single opportunity. Like you know what I'm saying? Like if there's like 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 let's say someone want, someone needs a backup at UFC 292, he will be ready right now. He just wants to. He want. He wants to make the best fights happen, and he he always puts on a show when he fights. He's the most to me. He's a, he to me. He's one of the most exciting fighters in the UFC. I really wish we could get him versus Patty one day in the future. That'd be fine. That'd be a great press conference too. But fun fact, because mm-hmm. they got history together too. Mm-hmm. But fun fact about T Rex. So you know how they got the blunt bros because Jamal Hill was in um attendance this Yeah, he was. To watch uh, mm-hmm. the dog. Kevin Holland just fought last week. But what you didn't know is that Kevin Holland fought Michael Chiesa. And Michael Chiesa mm. was, um, was T-Rex's wrestling coach back in high school. Oh, so, really? Yeah. See, that shit's crazy. Mm. So Kevin, so when that fight came on, Kevin Holland, who's like his, who was like his brother, his mentor, an older version of him, and his fucking former coach were going at it. And he just had to sit down and be like, how the fuck did I get into a world where this could happen? <laughs> That's kind of gas. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Terrence right, McKinney, just got in the middle of it. Terrence McKinney, I love him, but if he wants to become like the legitimate top ten guy in the weight class, I do think he has to slow down a little bit. I know yeah. I love I love the idea of taking any fighter possible, and even a Drew Dober loss, like that didn't age bad. Drew Dober went on to be top fifteen, and then he lost to Steamroller in a very very exciting first round fight. And uh, so, like, that's not a bad loss on your record. Bonfam loss maybe won't be bad either whenever Bonfam continues to do what he does. So, like, just slow down a bit. A bit. Know that you are going to put on exciting fights. And even when you're in the cage, slow down a bit. Because sometimes you see – that's why Drew Dalbert beat him because he kind of tried to keep going at yeah, going. He got caught. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this – just slow down a bit. Just, you don't have to be on gas 100%. So that's my only advice for that boy, because I do love Terrence McKinney. That, like even when we first started the podcast and he was just a prospect, I was telling Kevin about T Rex is this dude. Yeah, and and how do oh, you? Yeah. He says that he has us because you know my thing. My only my only um beef for T T Rex is that it's tough to feel bad for somebody when they lose, and then you see them on Twitter like a couple minutes before like they walked out and shit. But he says he has a social yeah. media manager, and it's not him. But I don't know, like I don't know. No, no, yeah, yeah, no, 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 that's Cap. As soon as like. Like, like as soon as like I remember, it was like around two years ago is when he started. Like he started his whole thing where he wanted to be like the best UFC fighter on Twitter, and he wanted to and and he wanted to gain his full fan base specifically on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So he's kind of so you know what I'm saying? So he kind of like 
doing what like what the fans on Twitter want him to do besides trying to like doing what he was like best for him, like taking you know what I'm saying, like taking fights against guys like Jude Ober on a one week notice. You know what I'm saying? I, you know what I'm saying? He he's trying to prove too much to random people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That motherfucker, yeah. That motherfucker still owes me some mem- memorabilia because he had that fight. Uh, uh, but the fight after uh, the fight before Dober, he said, well, "Next fight, who guess the the exact time on the fight, and I'll give you free gear." I was off by like two seconds. I put like first round two minutes and fifty eight seconds. It was really first round two minutes fifty six seconds, and everyone in the comments was even responding to my comment talking about he's the closest. He's the closest. I'm a, <laughs> I didn't hear nothing. I still heard, I haven't heard nothing from my boy. It's been going on a year now. I mean. Hey, Terrence. Damn, Where am I you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta get that on the show. You gotta get that on the show. And, 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 and you know he sees it. He's always on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? You know he sees it. Motherfucker. Yeah, he definitely like saw it too. Nah, <laughs> he got knocked out and he and he, he immediately immediately ran to Twitter to start talking trash to like to like random pages. And I was like, it it was it was a loss after the Jude Over fight. I think, the, I think he's the K D of the UFC right now. With the way yeah. he moves on Twitter with that. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It was a fight before Jude Dober. I think he got knocked out again. And then, then, like, he ran a Twitter, like, started, like, going at, like, you know what I'm saying, like, reporters and, page, and pages. Like, you know what I'm saying, as soon as he gets out to the locker room. No, that shit's crazy, man. But, yeah, that's T-Rex for you. We, we, love him. We, love, we love him in the cage. Mm-hmm. We love him when he's winning. Keep doing it and stay off of Twitter. Sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We're going to have to bounce around here a little bit on time but one real quick i think the best knockout of, of the night came in the next fight marcus mcgee getting the first round k over jp buys and i mean honestly fucking that the the, the way he picked his shot was perfect and then he hits him with the step in right hand drops him and does it puts his hands up he doesn't do any more damage because he knows homeboy's out of there but three days notice is when he took this fight. We record. I don't. I think we the, the we the day we recorded the um, preview is probably when he took the fight, and we just happened to. We just happened. We would have probably talk the right fight if we had talked about this one. I don't think we did. Three days notice. This is the second time he's gotten a fucking fight on short notice. His second fight in the UFC. This motherfucker is going places. Yeah, and his background's BJJ. So like he hasn't even. I mean, he got the first, uh, second round submission over uh, Journey Newsom in his first fight in the UFC on the also short notice. But then he came in this fight. He only threw eleven punches. He only he landed seven of them, but he only needed that one to finish it. And even then, he said like in the post fight, like they're like, "Why didn't you swing?" Like you know that's very dangerous. If the ref doesn't stop it, you let your guy get back up. And he was like, "I told myself when I came in this fight, I was gonna pick all my shots." So even when I, I he was I when I stood over him I knew that could have been an option where this fight may not be ended even though I think it should have been ended, but if he got back up and the ref didn't stop it I was still gonna pick my like I, I told myself I was gonna pick my shot so I wasn't gonna overswing right there and I was like bro this motherfucker is intelligent like this man got the IQ like I I really like McGee like it's so far what I've seen out of him he I don't know how old he is but he looks old as shit. And his ass is be I don't know, like probably one of my favorite fighters right now at Bantam Weight. Nah, no rap cat. I'm gonna tell you how old he is in two seconds. My boy is Oh, he's 33. He 30, looks almost 40. 40. He looks about yeah, he 40. Definitely he's giving like 57, but he fight like he's 20. He fight like he's 22. Like he really <laughs> him. 
And that right hand step in punch was like the guy stepped in and he went, oh, just dropped him with the right. And it was so me. And then the guy tried to get back up and play it off and then like fell off towards the cages. And I was like, God damn, <laughs> that that was a punch. No, for real. And it was funny because he was from South Africa. So, you know, my hating ass, my Izzy fan ass talking about some. Oh, Drick is you next. <laughs> oh, shit. And then yeah, um, I, I, will, I will say the bantamweight is the best, is the most hot division right now. It's the most exciting right now. You keep trying to open can of worms. I mean, we got things to talk about. All right, we got to we got. Oh, my, my, my bad, my bad. Hey, 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 where you was at last year, JP? Where you was at last year? I was telling these niggas bantamweight ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> There's three divisions that are arguable, but we'll get on that another day. And then uh, we got two decisions. We got Josh Fremd again, the Namus decision over Jamie Pickett. No surprise there. He was a minus 300 favorite. He should have got the win. He Jamie Pickett isn't really all that. And then A.J. Dobson gets the uh, Namus decision over Teflon. Chuwu? Teflon. Mm-hmm. He got the Namus decision over Teflon. I'm not even going to try and say that last name. I'm going to disrespect the whole country if I try that one. And I then, forgot what you said about AJ Dobson. There's something special that about this fight. But, oh, AJ Dobson this, was um, who is he? Homeboys or not home? Oh, oh, actually, this is a my friend from work. His uh, he, hmm. uh, his cousin trains with AJ Dobson, and they have the same coach. And his, and he was showing me pictures of the coach, and he was like, "Watch, this guy's gonna be in the corner." And then when I was watching the fight, homeboy was in the corner. And I was like, "Oh shit, that's my homeboy's cousin's coach." I was about to say, I feel like somebody told me something about you know I'd be on the dirt sheets. I was, yeah. And I did tell him too, I didn't pick AJ Dobson in the fight. So like I I it didn't look good when AJ did win. But then uh <laughs> let's get back into the finishes. The one of my favorite picks on the night. I'm so happy it cashed. This was literally my saving grace on the night was the couple it is back to back fights right here. Yeah, Yasmin Lucindo submits Pollyanna Viana. I love Polly. That's UFC's favorite fighter right now. All the MMA Twitter loves Pollyanna. She got the pain tattoo eyes right here. You know, anime and MMA. Ooh, yeah. Everyone's everyone seen Gator Boy light up as soon as I said them pain tattoos. And then nah, I, I, I was telling Kevin about her last year. I remember. Yeah. But Yasmin Lucindo is a fucking dog bro all she's done is since he's joined the ufc is absolutely demolish her competition and then people were saying oh Polly by sub Polly's bjj so legit if she gets hit if it goes to the ground yeah yeah yasmin's gonna outstrike her but once it goes to the ground Polly's gonna submit her so when the arm triangle by lucindo submission finished i was sitting here like damn bro like like what else can she do because we've seen her beat people down on the feet and then now to submit a submission fighter i mean woman straw weight i mean you got a new hitter like we can't sleep on jasmine Lucy. and she's only like 24 25 she's young as fuck too she's only 24 and she just has that dog look to her like you see her and it's just like oh that's a tough bitch you know, looking huh? I was if i was I get a haircut like as a as a super fan. I get a haircut like she's that she's not she's her for real. It did parlayed that with the next fight, Khalil Roundtree Jr. KO. My favorite bet of the night. I already told y'all, vicious. I I wish they had a prop bet, vicious KO. 
<laughs> give me give me some big odds on that bitch because I would have hammered that bitch home. But Khalil Ramsey got the job done first round, and I we hit on it earlier. But Chris Dawkins, this is he cut weight. He's a heavyweight. He cut weight to go to light heavyweight to fight Real Roundtree. He thinking, oh, new weight, new me. Nah, <laughs> this is the same dog. But you got Dawkins <laughs> in your blood. It's over. <laughs> Khalil Ramsey took care of business. <laughs> Knocked him down, then it took a couple extra punches to finish the job. But at this point, I don't know what to do. Like, I'm with, I'm fucking Toy Story. I'm the kid dropping my toys on the ground at that point if I'm Dan White. Like, goodbye, Dawkins brothers. Bruh, Khalil Roundtree, Rosenstrike, Curtis Blaze, Derek Lewis. Those are his last four fights. Like, who is setting him Dang. up? Like, like He's and all of them were first-round finishes, weren't they? Um, I believe so. Yep. No, 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 no. Don't be doing my dog like that. Blades ain't finishing to the second oh. in a five-round fight. <laughs> I remember that one. That was a good, a good money day for me. Yeah, so, like, he's just been he's just been put in some bad positions. And, like, there's nothing you can really do to get out this hole. You can get a win. But the second you get back into this this realm of um talent in this in either division, light heavyweight or heavyweight, they're gonna fuck you up, Brody. So yeah, Paul, like you're hate, yeah, yeah. I don't even want to call it hating no more. I think you're looking up. I'm look, trying to, bro. Looking just, out the well being. And and the like, Kareel Lounge, like also hype up my guy. Like first off, he's he looks like a superhuman. He looks like he could be playing like a superhero in a movie the way he's built. And he has vicious power behind his shots. But he's, this is a four-fight win streak. I mean, he's 3-0 in 2022. He had a win in 2021. So he's on a four-fight win streak. Back-to-back good wins. I mean, if you want to call Dawkins a good win, you can. But then he has Dustin Jacoby beat him. And Dustin Jacoby, we just – you watched him at UFC Nashville. Get the KO over Kennedy Nuchaku uh, or whatever. So, like – and he got the win over him in his last fight before this. So, I, like, Kareel Roundtree's put on a nice little resume for light heavyweight where we know it's not deep. So, I want to see my guy get a fight up in the rankings for once. No rap cap because, like, Kareel Roundtree is nice. So, when I – so, this weekend, we interviewed Eric Anders on um Comedian Romeo Max podcast. And I was going through – Who beat, Anders- beat Kareel yeah. Roundtree? So, I was looking over um, all the people at Eric, Eric Anders' spot. And I think Eric Anders actually lost to Khalil Roundtree. What's it called? He, um, Khalil Roundtree beat Eric Anders. Oh, did he? Oh, yep. oh you're right. You're right. I got mixed up with somebody else. Like, I got mixed up with you know, Kuzi like, Yeah, so that's what um, so that's when I learned, like, oh, Khalil Roundtree has to be in some hitters. Because Eric Anders only loses to hitters. And then when I heard that he lost, that he just beat Dustin Jacoby, I was like, oh, shit. I was this guy and beat the two the two motherfuckers I know. So I was watching this fight closely to see what goes down. And Khalil Roundtree ain't nothing to fuck with. Even John Anik was screaming this was his best, his favorite bet of the night. I Anik allowed the bet. And you saw what went down. Chris Dawkins. Dawkins. Roundtree so, is him. <laughs> and then we've wrapped up our night with back to back to Namus decisions. Shout out them boys like the the fucking old age club co-main and main event, Cub Swanson and Vincent Luque. But real quick, Cub Swanson, I was giving him doubt. Homeboy's like 39 years old, fucking the most wins in featherweight history or most fights in featherweight. The homeboy's just got the accolades. I knew he was a legend, but I just thought his best years were around him. And for him, it was a close fight. It was a very close fight. It was not act like he went in there and just like took care of business. It was a very close fight, but 
I think the combination of like the the um like him getting a little bit of control time, the takedown in um in one of them rounds or secured him that round, and in the other two rounds were kind of a toss up, and everybody went for Cub Swanson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, problem. MMA Twitter is hot right now. Even even Kenny Florian is mad about this one. The judges they saying. My dog. They, love, they love him some cup. I'm telling you, nah. that takedown in that one round secured that one round, and I don't know how, but the other, all three judges agree that the, one of the other two rounds went to Cub Swanson. Now, all three judges agree that the third round went to Cub Swanson. So I thought that was that was fair. That was fair. That was fair. I haven't seen, I haven't gotten to look into the fight like I want to. I've seen some highlights, but I don't know, man. That they people are mad right now. They're hot. They're saying Cubby, Cubby ain't do that. He ain't do that. Akeem got the win right there. A lot of people. I want to say even Anik might have said it too. I can't. I want yeah, the words. John Anik said it. But, <laughs> Ken, but Kenny Florian is Kenny Florian is probably one of my favorite. Um, analytically, he's probably one of my favorite um hosts when it comes to breaking out MMA. And he's hot. He snapped. He says, "Judges, you got to get your shit together. Mm. You got to be consistent." And you know who was at the table? You know that nigga Sal. Ow. You know that nigga Sal. Was Chris Lee there? Yeah, you know Sal Diamato was one of the judges on this fight, so I'm just saying, man, shit don't look too right. I have no idea I, I if Chris Lee was one of the other Lee. judges, though. I don't know that one. I don't think Chris Lee was mm. there, but it was somebody else. But Sal, you hey. know Sal I like to fuck shit up. Anytime some shit's getting fucked if, up, Sal or Chris Lee is there every time. If there's two things Vegas doesn't like, it's laws. And it's Canadians. <laughs> I can see why my boy Hakeem, don't get the name wrong, he's Canadian. All right, even with a name like Hakeem, that boy Hakeem Canadian now. His nickname is still the dream, though. He, he, that blood is Canadian. The judges knew that, bro. They don't like the, I don't know why Canadians don't get no love in America, bro. They're like, they're supposed to be like our brother in arms. Supposed to be, supposed to be our mates. Russians get more love than Canadians over here. Oh, they Russians get more love in Australia too. Yeah, there's a. Hey, you got you got one of them. You speak English, but you got an accent. No, they don't fuck with you. <laughs> All right, and then to round us out, I mean, this was the we started off here, and we're gonna end here. The egg on her head segment. Vincente Luque unanimous decision over RDA, and I will say the one thing that has shocked me more than anything. And I'm not shocked much when it comes to UFC or MMA anymore, or even any type of combat sport. It takes something. It takes something big to shock me, something to really go out of your tendencies. And to see RDA shoot 17 fucking take, not RDA, but Luke shoot 17 takedowns on RDA, get eight of them. And it's like for him to be the one to initiate the takedowns against RDA and to dominate, that, that, I wasn't ready for that. That one really blew me. That's like if next week we see Sugar Sean taking down Aljo, I'll be like, "What the fuck am I watching right now?" Like it, it just that that doesn't happen. I was shocked when Leon Edwards took down Kamara Usman. Like it, like that was the equivalent of how shocked I was seeing Luke come out and be the one mm-hmm. wanting to get a little down and dirty on the mat. That shit is right. Luke looked great. I feel like Luke knew that he was the bigger guy, so he just imposed his will. And the fact that he did it on on um, wrestling is insane. It kind of made me question, though, because I love the performance. But 
And I, we saw his chin is gone. All right. We saw the Neil Magny fight. We, we, one of oh. his posts was us laying to rest Vince Luque's legendary chin. That was once upon a time, a good time. It's gone oh. now. So it makes me wonder does him, because he was known for his kickboxing skills. Of course, he has those Darcy choke records. That's one of his favorite submissions. But he was known for his kickboxing, uh, his kickboxing, his stand up, vicious head kicks that would send you to the fucking sleep. So for it makes me wonder: Does he kind of know that his chin may be gone, and he's smart enough to fight? Like, oh, I'm not gonna maybe get caught in one of these exchanges, and I am the bigger guy, or is it just how the game plan rolled out to be? Uh, but I, I don't know. I didn't get to see the chin, and that was my biggest question mark, especially with the brain hemorrhage stuff going on. And I, maybe he's smart enough to know that. And if he is, that's even bigger kudos to Vincente Luque. But I just this is the biggest question mark for me, and I didn't get to see an answer to this fight. Man, yeah, I think they just wanted. I think I think they just wanted to work ground game, especially how I mean, we're going we're going him when he when he lost for that for that fight for that fight, and I think this is coming off the this is coming off that performance, right? No, 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 no. no, no. He the, got KO'd by. Uh, I said Neil Magny. I meant Geoff Neil. It was the Geoff yeah. KO off his oh, last okay. fight, where we saw okay. him get absolutely obliterated. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, but I saw, but yeah, after that Muhammad fight, he knew like taking take that not only take down defense but also taking down. You know what I'm saying? He really needed to improve that yeah. with his game. No, but Muhammad was right before that. that was also last year, so it was like back to back. One whooped your ass on the ground, and the other one got two knockdowns and 130 significant strikes on you. But, uh, but Mike, we got to get out of here. So I'm going to ask this real quick question. What was y'all's favorite favorite thing on the card? And this like, what's y'all's biggest thing coming out of here? Like, are y'all like, I don't know. Like for me, I guess I'll start off. My favorite fight, I will have to say, is the Marcus McGee KO. I just think that was my favorite thing of the whole card. But then my biggest thing coming out of here, honestly, is does what's Luke's chin look like? And will Roundtree get a fight up into the top fifteen after this win? No, that's tough. My favorite point has to be the Demon Black shit twisting. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Did fucking did what he needed to do. And my biggest question is: is what the fuck is next for these tough fighters? Because like, I don't like. I don't know what the hell is next. Because I was even thinking, I was like, Muhammad Usman ain't even looking good right now. So it's like, what the fuck is up next for these motherfuckers? Because they they can win that shit, but like, we're not in a place where the tough fighters are being champions no more. Oh, those dudes are going to the contender series. Damn, that's a good question. That's a callback all the way from the beginning of the episode, the first fight on the card. And I would say, I'm shocked. I thought you were going to have a T-Rex question. But what about you, Gator? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. My favorite fight, and the one I was able to catch, is a Vicente Luque fight. And I and I was someone who I was really high on him, especially 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 like back then when he when he when he finished Tyron Woodley. I seriously thought he was going to be one of the contenders for a title. And my question is, you know what I'm saying, this is his first win in a couple of years. This could be a big momentum builder. Does he get a really good fight and could and within a couple of fights, could he, you know, get back into that top five ranking? I think he was ranked number six, like, like when he first lost, he was almost. So, so my thing is, like, you know what I'm saying, does he still have that in him? Or is it just completely going, out, going after that one fight? As of right, people don't come back after this fight. As of right now, he's sitting at 10, so he's not too far out of it. And 
there are some like he has a Sean Brady in front of him, a Gilbert Burns in front of him, a Wonder Boy Thompson in front of him, which would be a I think a good little fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he lost a Wonder Boy already once, so it'll be a good rematch. And then of course you have like the old champ Usman, Colby, Belial, Hamzat, Rockman off. You got the other hitters, but I think there are potential mm-hmm. fights in front of him that he can win. Mm-hmm. You, the Muhammad rematch too. He's ranked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I will say we can't get too deep into it. But it's like the Colby, the Muhammads, the Chamayas. Yeah, there's a few of them I feel like aren't fighting you unless it's getting closer to a title shot, or I'm gonna wait for a title shot. But we do gotta get the freak out of here. We got some more UFC. Stay tuned this week. We got what UFC 292, Sugar Sean Aljo for the title coming this weekend. I mean, a double title bout. We also got Zong, if I'm not mistaken, or is that 293? Nah, Zong really pulling up. Zong Whaley and Amanda Lima. That's that's, that's the co main, I think. Yeah, that's co main. We got bangers on this next card. And also, we got the recap. If y'all haven't watched already, go check the boxing recap. We we talked AJ getting the finish over Helena's. And we talked about, oh, damn, what was the, oh, the fucking, um, what was the other big, oh, the Mexicans, my boys, Dale, Vamos, them boys down there, and Glendale. Navarrete, Valdez. Uh, uh, Navarrete getting the name of decision over Oscar Valdez, which was a fucking banger of a fight. Y'all didn't get to catch it. We'll break it down. Go check that breakdown. But as always, this has been Totally Blitz Podcast, and I'm Paul Pickle Wyndham Concha, joined with Kevin, the street fight enthusiast, some boy, and Southpaw runs box, uh, Southpaw's run boxing, Gator Boy Jamari himself, joining us from, uh, if y'all, y'all know him from our boxing side of things. And as always, if y'all didn't know, but now y'all know, motherfuckers.